When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, back again. Um, for those who watched yesterday, thank you very much. For those who didn't, where are you? Uh, yeah, part two of Sunday's Q&A, which today we'll mainly cover the miscellaneous, because otherwise if I do it all in one go, it's just too long. Um, starting off, Lee Allen, week to go and I'm back on the road. That's good news, mate. He kind of stepped backwards off the track when he should step forwards, and bless him, I think he broke his collarbone, so um, I believe that's what happened. But um, he says, yay, back on the road. He's missed it. Um, but still thinking of buying a van and going it alone. As my best friend Nigel always says, you only get one ticket to the gun show. So, um, go for it, mate. Best way to start a business, hold your nose and jump. I can't wait for the addresses to open. Right, what are we doing today? So, uh, Barry Fun, he says, I'm doing my transport manager CPC in May and buying my own truck. Well done, good luck. I hear the transport manager exam is very, very difficult. I believe it helps if you've worked in trucks all your life anyway, because you're kind of used to, you're around it, you kind of know it works. For me, it'd be an awful lot more to learn. So we use um, Tubi Redanian, who I met on Friday. Lovely, he's getting his own set of trucks as well, in fairness, but he does a lot of work with Ben at HBC. You know, the guy I did the video with, and I think, well, who knows, we might find we can work together, or who knows. But I wish anybody good luck. Um, do remember, it's not just as straightforward as doing a CPC. Before you start running trucks, you also need to get yourself an operator's license, as is, I've done videos on how to get yourself an operator's license. I hope they help, good luck. Um, Morg Yar says, hi, Peter. Hope you're doing well. Um, he said, I've got my own license and want to buy a truck. Any advice? Seven and a half ton, rigid, Arctic. Do I join the CX or the HX? I have C plus E. I would advise that you go for um, an 18 ton tail, um, de Holland, with the Hollander tuck under tail lift curtain side. Um, I'm a big fan of DAFs, although I would certainly consider um, a Mercedes because uh, I've got my test coming up on the 19th of May at the moment, or even a Scania. I'm not a fan of Renaults, according to uh, Daniel, the electrics are no good, Volvos, anything you can get. The thing about DAFs are, are very readily available. If you, if you search on eBay, which is also Gumtree, where a lot of them post, seven out of ten of them are current side DAFs. But if you get yourself an 18-ton, you can also do 12-ton jobs and 7.5-ton jobs, mostly. Um, if you get yourself um, an Arctic, you don't get much more per mile. Um, you only, but you can do two jobs in one, but you've got time together. So that's my advice. I think if you're going to start, if it was me, I would start with an 18 ton, and you'd get the HX because it's only mar- you need the HX. It's marginally dearer than the CX, very marginally, and that's where all the truck jobs are. So there you go. Um, Beth Hall infringements, right? Yeah, I, I come on the thing with the infringement. He said split brakes must be taken 15, not 30, not 30, then 15, as this does not count as 45. Don't mess around, um, change it for a couple of minutes to other work, or you lose your brake. If you want to be 100% kosher, wait to the end of the brake and do whatever you need to do. Godzilla says splitting brakes, I found out to my cost 15, then 30, not 30, then 15. And Nima Transport says, regarding split rate, yeah, same thing again. And he goes on the four and a half hours drive time and all this kind of stuff. Um, you do, mate. The truth of the matter is, guys, I knew what I was doing. And that's what annoyed me. Where I went wrong was, if you've got, and I, I, I talked to him out with him, uh, with Daniel when I spoke to him on Friday. 
And I said, if I know that I'm going to be on break for... I've just finished the job. I've driven for two hours. And I know I can't go to get my next job for an hour. I've got two choices. I can either sit in the same space for an hour, clear all of my driving time, then get it. Or I could sit in the same space for three quarters of an hour, clear all of my driving time, drive one minute round the corner, and then put it back on brake, and then get another 15 minutes, which means in the next four and a half hours, I've only got to stop for 30 minutes, not 45. Um, it's actually, we do 16 and 31 because it's better that way, but that's the actual law is 15 and 30. Um, the mistake I made was I didn't drive. So I sat there for like, say, three quarters of an hour, put it on hammers for a minute, then put it on brake for 15 minutes, and thought I'd had my first break. But I hadn't, because I, it's between drive time, not work time, and that's where I went wrong. But I will do one, I know I keep promising it was time, you know? I will do one on driver's hours and all that, and what the, the symbols mean and all that. I'm sure there are many people out there doing it, but I'll do my version and how I do it. Just find the time. I've got to do MCX questions as well, I've got them to do. So, I've got Mother's Day tomorrow, I set Sunday out. Don't get me wrong, it'd be nice. We can sit down and we can have a meal, we can have a drink and we can have a chat and I can enjoy myself, but it also cuts into what you need to do. And it's spring. Grass has started to grow, evil grass. Right, um, John Fennell. Hey, John, how you doing? I've spoke to you for ages. We should, we, I'll have to give you a bell. He's our man in Ireland. Anyone needs shipping, he's, he's in and out of Ireland all the time. If you need someone that works in Ireland, he's a guy. If you leave something in the comments, I'll get you in touch. He says, uh, it's been a while. Uh, still, still tracking again, very busy. That's brilliant. Um, hopefully, we'll bump into you out again soon. Take care. God bless. Also, John, I hope that other thing's going well. He's... Um, He's one of those kind-hearted people. That's, he, they, they, he's, I think he's on the, he's kind of the, the fostering type thing, you know. So, and he, they were working on that. I hope that's going well for you, mate. So, um, Lee Westcott, um, he says, "I was good the electric vans." Um, he says, "I think everyone's going to have a big shot when all cars and vans go electric, especially as eighty percent of fuel costs go to the government that is in tax. They will find another way to tax us once everybody's got an electric vehicle. They'll just make road tax like." Um, £100 a month or £200 a month. You'll never get away with it. These are two things you can be certain of in life, death and taxes. So they will just find another way around it or they'll put a tax on something else. They've got to raise the money somehow. They've got to pay for the NHS and the streetlights somehow. Um, and Leanne says, those electric vans, the Mercs, only do 95 miles on a full charge, so no good for long distance. Yeah, 95 ain't no good to me. I, I couldn't do 95 miles, but then I'm sure as time goes by, they'll get better and they're, they're, they're thinking about putting charging plates in the road. So as you're actually driving down the road, you've got that wireless electricity. It's actually charging motor as it goes along. It's a tram, isn't it? <laughs> or a dodgem. But, um, yeah, they, they, they will find a way around it, I'm sure. Um, but at the moment, I think we're stuck with a diesel. That's mine. Um, Mark Brocklehurst says, Pete, newbie question. Uh, he says, Luton with a tail lift. If the, uh, yeah, if the depot has a fork truck, can you lower your tailgate to the floor and drive over it with a forklift to load? Is the low weight the pickup weight, or will the fork truck damage it? Um, I have done a video on this, so I'll do you a link. Um, but the long and short of it is, just a quick one, yes, you can drop the tail lift right to the, right to the bottom. Make sure there's nothing underneath it, like rocks or anything like that, otherwise when the fork truck goes on, it will bust your tail lift. You will hear clicking noise. It's not very nice, but it can be done. Uh, there's other ways around it, but there is a video. But yeah, the long and short of it, yeah, you can do it.
you just get the truck driver. It's the easiest way. Otherwise, you, if it's a heavy pallet, you've got to get him to drop it on the back of the tail. If then you've got to wrestle it in with your pallet truck and it's a nose, just get him to stick it in. Um, Marty, Michael Ellis says, Morning, Pete. On a subject to what van, I am running an old smiley face transit with a curtain side body, bit slow, and... And it's not great on hills, but a good faithful old van. We've done one again on old vans. You don't have to have the newest van. I mean, one guy did say the other day, he lost one job because his van was four years old or, or over so many years old. But he said, one job in how long? You can run on old vans. Reliable, tidy, not really necessarily a problem. Uh, Chrissy, I remember saying a long time back now, get the biggest fan, you saying get the biggest fan you can, because you can always do smaller jobs, but you can't do bigger jobs, got myself an extra long wheelbase, don't regret it for the moment. All power to you, mate, hope it carries on. Uh, Sam Howell, he says, Pete, I have an ADR license, for, oh yeah, because one guy said how much you charge extra in ADR, and I said, I'll put it out there. He said, I have an ADR license for when I was driving class one. He said, it's not as bad as some people make out. Yes, there's a lot of information you need to know, and there is a set kit you must carry, but when it comes to risk of anything happening, it isn't high. I think you're right there, in fairness. As to whether it's worth it on the CX, I see very few jobs for ADR around where I am. By the time you have paid the extra insurance, the ADR license for the driver, the kit for the van, and also you need DGSA, Dangerous Goods Safety Advisor, I suspect that unless you have an end user customer, it would not be worth it. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and he also says, oh, that was to do with the, um, the Ben video, Ben at HBC, so I can't believe this video's only had 2K views. A lot of really good information there. Yeah, a lot of you gave me really good feedback on that. Um, I didn't know it was gonna be like that, but cheers. Uh, Brucey Boy says, Pete, I own a van and I want to make some money from it. He's a weekend DJ. I've just watched the interview with Ben, that one again. Uh, really informative. Also, um, what's your back, back colour? Thank you very much. Um, ben mentioned a nice, clean, tidy van. What would you say is a nice, clean, tidy van represents? In my case, I have a 15-plate Kango, low mileage, but some scratch marks on the passenger door uh, when I got attacked by a concrete pillar in a multi-story. They're horrible, them concrete pillars. You have to be careful they jump out of you. <laughs> Particularly ones that you can't see because they're that low. Mate, you're in a 15 plate, that's fine. I mean, we're, I mean I'm mean, i driving around in a 62 plate. So just as long as it's clean and it's tidy, you just you don't want it to be rusty and the door hanging off and you know the light's not working and wires hanging out. If it's clean and tidy, a lot of the time, as long as it works, they don't mind. You, you turn up, they're not, they're not that interested. They'll just put it on. As long as it gets there, it's cool. So yeah, you, you're certainly fine, mate, no problem. Um, Danny Richardson. You only got an advert beginning when not in the middle. Yeah, I've solved that one. Now when you actually do the thing, they now actually ask me whether I'll middle ads, and I go, no. No one wants to see middle ads. I get more money, but it's tedious. So we know we don't. Thank you, mate. I'm pleased it's going, we're going that way. Um, Satskahon says, he has a question um, to answer. As Diane Le Curry Exchange wants to know about vans like Renault Traffic, Vauxhall Vivaro, long wheelbase, are big enough to book loads for long wheelbase um, on the app? Please, thanks. I would say, to my, in my mind, a long wheelbase is three metres, three pallets. Measure it. Just put a tape measure in the back of it. I don't really know vans, one van from the other. I had sprinters. I've always driven box lutens or LTs back in the day, and now I'm in trucks. I don't really know vans that well, but in my mind, measure it. If it's My general rule of thumb is short wheelbase, one pallet. Medium wheelbase, two pallets. Long wheelbase, three pallets. Extra long wheelbase, four pallets. Luton, five pallets. Luton, curtain side, six. It's not perfect, but it's a general rule of thumb. So, yeah, if you want to know how big the van is, measure it. Um, 
Oblis Curia says the man TGE is based on the crafter. Yes, it's also a way to deal <laughs> for the money. He's got a dog on the front. Brilliant. Um, Echo Healthcare and Logistics says my 2019 VW crafter is a great van. Goes from Glasgow to London twice a week. Can't fault it. Like I say, and also sometimes you get vans and vans. You can get a brilliant crafter, you can get a horrible crafter, you can get a brilliant sprinter, you can get like the Friday afternoon sprinter keeps breaking down, you don't know why. If you've got a good van, stick with it, I, I kind of say. You know, I had the jigsaw van. I replaced everything in it, and then I knew it was all brand new, so it was fine. Um, Ian Merrick says, Sprint is the best. We caddy driver slips through them to save fuel. That's Ian with two eyes. You stay, you stay behind me, mate, when I was in the van. You'll be fine, no problem. Uh, the main thing, guys, is um, tailless reduced payload. Because they're heavy and also um, um, the IVIC, right, this is on lorries. Uh, E.g. the DAF with large heavy tail lifts on air reduces payload significantly. IVICO 7.5 curtain siders with a short fold under tail lift is okay, but not the best drive, but practical. But look at um, NT trucks. They look slightly shorter in a box with fold under tail lift and... Um, and the trucks, etc., are a decent drive. So apparently there is one out there called... Uh, oh, they're the TNT trucks. Yeah, I've seen them. They're slightly shorter box. The problem with them is they're box, mainly. And if you're in a if you're in a seven and a half ton or a bigger one, a curtain is often very much required on the CX. But they're not, they look like tidy trucks. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, Lee Westcott says, Pete, you reckon your Sprinter is good for hills? He says, my Peugeot Boxer 158 Slaughter Sprinter's going up hills. Um... I say like, vans and vans. Everyone's got their own one. Um, but then Godzilla's replies, um, it depends on the engine size. And this is a fair point. He says most sprinters are 313 or heaven help you, a 311. But if you've got a 316, it's an absolute beast. When you're buying a van, and this is something to consider, I mean, I've got the DAF, but I've got a 45160. They also make a 150 and a 140. And often if you get the one, do a little bit of research. When you work out which van you want, do a little bit of research. You want. And I would recommend it might cost you a little bit more money in fuel to get the higher engines. Because if you're loaded and you're going up hills, or just, it's just a nicer drive to have something that's got a bit of oomph in, rather than going to pull out and go, uh, you know, that's just my recommendation. I'm sure that other people will put me right, but I always go, go for the biggest engine you possibly can because you're in that thing all day long. Like I say, it might cost you a little bit more money in fuel, but it's worth it in the long run, I think. Um, Christopher Smith says, Hi, Pete. I'm looking to convert my Luton to having a cut and get, he's getting a price of 1400 plus VAT. I think that's about right. It's not cheap. I think it's worth it in the long run. I've had someone say as low as 800 plus fat. I've also had people say to quote two grand plus fat. So I think you're somewhere in the middle of there. What are your thoughts? Um, and, is there any, and does anyone else know of conversions? So if anyone else has got a better price, I don't know where Christopher Smith is based, but if you know someone who does cheap loot and conversions, if you could let us know and I will pass it off. My thoughts are it's worth it. As long as you're going to keep the van for a little while and it's a good, tidy van, I think you'll get that money back in jobs that... You know, how many times does it annoy you when you look on the exchange, oh, there's a looting job. It's coming up from its... Oh, it's coming up. Can't do it. You know, the amount of times where you're going to go... Hmm. Uh, yep, I'll add that one. And you can quote slightly more curtains, I think, because not everyone's got one. Um, Leanne, and he says, oh, right, on the sat-nav thing. He says, get yourself a Navitech sat-nav off eBay. You can set the parameters like coach van, whatever your vehicle height. Mine has never let me down, gets me to the exact place, and even where I need to be in Europe. Uh, but I still use my analogue sat-nav from the 80s and a roadmap. Still use the roadmap. Pleased about that. Old school, cool. Um, at the moment... 
waist doesn't really let me down. I did that road lords. It wasn't great. It was okay, but I was putting both postcodes into both, and I found that I didn't really need to. And the thing about ways is it's really good for live traffic updates. If something breaks, something goes, falls over 20 miles in front of you, it'll immediately reroute you. Road Lords wasn't that quick. Having said that, Shona, one of our early drivers, swore by Road Lords, and she was in the 18 ton. So when I jump in the 18 ton, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to give Road Lords a bash again, see how it pans out, because I do like a free one, and I don't like the wires, and I, don't, I want as little in, in my view as possible. The, the phone of the sat nav sits on the dashboard, and that's enough for me. Um, if it doesn't work out, I may get a cheap one, I may get a dear one, I don't know, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm hoping Road Lords does work out, we'll see. Um, time to shoot film. Pete says, hi Pete, for the long wheelbase sprinter, how much money should I put aside for wear and tear? Thanks. Um, don't know. I've never really worried about it that much. I would probably say in every job you do, if you put aside 30%, to cover your tax and your insurance and your wear and tear, that's probably okay. 30% should be about right. I mean, there were, we have done this one before, and people that are wiser than me um, have actually done the formulas and what you should need to do and all this kind of stuff. I'll be honest with you, I just tend to wing it. I shouldn't, but I do. I've been doing it all my life. Hasn't let me down yet. Um, oh, and you meant to say, generally pricing... 100 plus, now this is the point, I tried to make one yesterday and it's just come up today. He said, I'm pricing 100 plus mile jobs at 90p to a pound a mile and getting enough to get by. Um, Godzilla's also makes a point. He said, tomorrow's jobs, I quote, are a quid a mile, extra long wheelbase. And I don't care if um, don't, if it's a tube of Pringles or five ugly pallets, I've got to, got to quote, I quote them a quid. It's unlikely to get a ret- if it's unlikely to get a return within 30 mile, and if it's a long wheelbase, I may ask for more than a quid. This is the thing, when you've got time, quote high. So if you're quoting tomorrow's jobs, and I find that if I'm quoting tomorrow's jobs at like, you know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to put them in a high price because there's a possibility that further on down the day, another job will ping up or someone will ring me and say, Pete, can you do a job tomorrow? And I go, oh, no, I've got a job booked in and I booked in for silly money. As my time frame gets shorter and shorter, as it gets closer to Monday night or Monday afternoon, Monday night for Tuesday morning, I get more and more competitive because I want that job for the morning. In the morning, if there's a lot of jobs on there, then I go high again. If there's not a lot of jobs on there, one's pinging up every 15 minutes, I bash it out, try and get in quick. That's the way I work. So I'm kind of, I'm with you on that one, Godzilla, as I work a similar principle to that. And it's true, if you're going to go much further, you tend to get less miles on bigger jobs. Although recently, I've done one to Wales and I've done one to Newcastle and I've got the right kind of money on it because you know, they knew you were going to stay out. And, they, you know, the Newcastle was, a, was an okay area. Wales was kind of a bit of a struggle to get out of. Um, it was Port Talbot and it was a struggle to get out. So I, think I had to drive 100 miles to pick my next job up. It was going on the direction I was going, but it was a long way to go. Um, Corrigan71, he says, and this has been come up before, do you think you've encouraged people to join the industry with your videos? Right. I'm going to answer the question, and then I'm going to answer the question I think you're actually asking me. Um, do I, have I ever encouraged people to join the industry with my videos? No. I, you can look back through all of them. At no stage have I ever gone, join the Career Exchange, it's fantastic, you'll make loads of money, it'll transform your life. All these videos have been, ever been about is about my experience of the exchange and hopefully errors that I've made that um, can help you. Now I'm going to ask a question I think you're going to ask. Do you think that as a result of making these videos, people have joined the exchange? Without doubt. It was never my intention. Um, and... Um, I've had people come up and say I've joined the exchange and it's the best feeling in the world 
people who come up to me and say, I've joined the exchange because of you, and I'm now much happier. I'm in a dead-end job, I love my job, it's great, I'm making money, fantastic. And then there is the other question, why are you encouraging competition in your own industry? I'll be honest with you, I think I've done a video about this before, so if you want the full answer, it's there. But have I ever encouraged anyone to join the, uh, to join the industry? No. Do I think people have joined the industry as a result of the video I've made? Yes. That's just your answers. Ian Frost, he says, oh, yeah, we did one on boots a long time ago. Um, he, he must be American because he says, I get a $200 budget. And he says to buy boots, he said, on my fifth pair of Timberland Pros, and let, and they last me two years easy, and I do a lot of, I'm, I do a lot of walking. I'm in the Timberland Pros at the best. They are the best boots. They're currently on Amazon for around 250 quid. I mean, that's a loopy amount of money to spend on a pair of shoes. Having said that, I'm 50 now, and over my lifetime, I've acquired shoes for Christmas and birthdays and back in the day when I had money, and I probably have got shoes, trainers, all that kind of thing. I don't know, there might be 20, 30 pairs in there. I wear two. I wear my Timberland Pros, and I wear my Heli Hansons, and that's it. <laughs> Very rarely. Going down the shops, put my Timberland Pros on. Going up to do the trucks this morning, put my Timberland Pros on. I have actually got a pair of rigger boots, which I now use for gardening, but on the whole, they were worth the money to me, so... Um, Oh, someone's up. Hello, kids. Um, right, we're coming to an end of it anyway. It's obviously handy because everyone's arriving now. Uh, Tiffy Oso Cornwall says, because I, I did a bid on a job from Newcastle to Penzance. I bid him 800 quid. Didn't get it, but it didn't matter, so I got another one. Um, he said, it's a shame you didn't get down this way because um, my wife and I would love to wave at you from one of the bridges on the A30. Mrs. loves the videos. Hello, Mrs. Uh, Tiffy Oso Cornwall. Um, May have to go back to Plymouth, Tor Bay, and Exeter to get a job, but keep well. Um, your fan in Cornwall. Hello, Tiffy. Uh, he also says um, it would be nice for one weekend for everyone to meet up, me and Big Beardy and Van on a run and Steve Bradley and all the others for a chinwag. I'm happy to meet up. I'm happy to meet up somewhere equidistant between Cornwall and Newcastle and Liverpool and all that. I think Dunstable's about the right place. Um, <laughs> Who knows what will come of that. So finally, what we got in conclusion. Like I say, Lee Allen, get well soon. And finally, Steve Campbell. I love this. You know, like, how many pallets can you get um, in your van? Um, he says, he says, I've currently got 17 pallets on my transit. Admittedly, they're empty pallets, but they're on board. You're right. Next time someone says, how many pallets can you carry? I'm going to tell them, 144. 12 stacks of 12. Right, that's it. Band is up. Um, I've got to go and talk this stuff out. So hope you're all well. Thank you for watching. Take care, take money.